You're listening to the audio-only version of Soundwriting Pedagogies. Visit ccdigitalpress.org soundwriting for the full web text version of the book. If you don't do soundwriting, you might consider how thinking about the affordances of audio composing may give you a new framework for seeing value in teaching it, or at least teaching with it. We suggest that sound writing that explores the rhetorical and ethical affordances of audible human voices may foreground the ethical decisions implicit in writing. We imagine that an approach to voice is relevant to many forms and scenes of rhetorical education, from introductory writing to graduate studies. Our goal is not to speak only to the sound geeks and techies among us, but also to folks... Like me. ...who don't typically participate in these conversations or use these tools. But who as writing teachers want their students of rhetoric and writing to learn to make ethical decisions around the stories they tell, their own and those of others. What we offer is not a to-do list of activities to accomplish sound writing as an end in and of itself, but rather as a heuristic for thinking pedagogically about sound writing. We will describe what we've come to regard as a sleight of ear in dealing with the products of audible human voices. And we offer all of this in the service of returning to the pedagogical values of sound writing as both a medium of expression and as a heuristic for methodological invention in the teaching and conduct of qualitative inquiry. Disney is 
scenes, things to look at, things to read, things to hear, things to sing, music, that whole sort of world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, you said your mom read to you every night the Disney stories. Mm-hmm. The same one over again or different one? This... She would read, like, I would bring a book to her and I'd literally have her to read it to me. So, because I had a sister and an older cousin, like, and she would, like, color with him and stuff. And then she had to focus on my sister because my sister is handicapped. She doesn't walk or talk. Mm-hmm. So, my way of getting attention is, like, sneaking the book in, like, hey, yeah. hey, book, right. book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is this is good times to remember with your mom. Yeah. Okay. Flint's a small, well, it's not a small community, but it's just like everything when the shop was took out, jobs are gone. So it's nothing really for anybody to do, but and like. They see school now as a like a waste of time. Like, what is reading a book gonna do for me if I sit down and read a book for like two hours? But actually, it does do something what they which they don't know because their parents are now too busy trying to provide these things for them that they never had, and that they spend so much time trying to do that that they don't spend that time with those kids. And basically, the streets teach them what they want to know. Actually, this is so random, but <laughs> green was my favorite color. <laughs> and there you are. I'm like, okay, this is a big school. What about Michigan State? So I was at the library, and I like, I filled out a piece of paper, and I was just like, well, maybe they're going to send me something in the mail saying they want me to come to that school, but they didn't. So I was just like, okay, maybe I better send them something. My counselor in high school, he told me, he said, choose another school because you're not going to get in. Because, yeah, so that just, like, it pissed me off. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going to Michigan State. He's not going to tell me I'm not going. So I just started calling here, harassing people, like, um, when, when are you sending out letters to acceptance letters? I didn't want to go to college when I was little. I just wanted to be an astronaut. I didn't know how I was going to go there. I just wanted to go out of space because I read about um, Mae Jemison being the um, first black woman to go out of space to be an astronaut. Yeah, so I'm just like, oh, I want to be her. I guess growing up, it was always enforced because nobody else had been to college. My mom wanted something different from me. So she was just like, oh, you're going to college. And I argued to T, like, no, I'm not. I'm going to become this big star. And she's like, how you think you're going to get there? College is a key component. And education, and I'm like, you can't tell me nothing. No, I, no, I'm not going to college. So probably about, I didn't actually decide that I was going here to like my junior or my senior year. Like my junior year, I got involved in business management. And then I came, I became Business Professionals of America president, like, because I went to state competitions and stuff. And, like, I was 
surrounded around all these different kind of kids that like it pushed me like to see like it's more out there than this, you know, going into Hollywood and not going to school or trying to become an astronaut with no education, doing a NASA or just, it's just crazy. It's like way more, you know, it's steps to take to get to those places that make it easier when you get there. Personal statement, like, I didn't even, I just thought it was just an essay. Just like, okay. I got, at first I was just gonna sit in some stuff and say, because I, I, I like green, like, but, because I didn't realize how serious it was. Then, like, I guess the year going by and, like, me being frustrated, I did, I learned how serious it was. And it was just like, okay. I was still, like, hesitant about sending my statement in when it was done, and she was like, this is perfect. I'm like, no, it's not good enough. It's not where I want it to be. And she's like, this is what they're looking for. I'm like, they need more. They need they need to know more. What, what more can I say about myself for them? Because they're not going to let me in. And so on the side, even though I wrote that statement and I met the admissions counselor twice, it was just like, it's still not good enough, you know, like my personal expectations of myself. So I end up not even telling her, writing like, three more essays. Again, it just used to frustrate me when I would talk about these things that she really didn't care to hear about that, but she cared just to know that I was going to school, that I was furthering my education. The second time we got together, you were in the auditorium. You were all about talking about how much you love being in the auditorium. You were see yourself talk about hey, being in the auditorium. Yeah, I love the auditorium and still Look at me! Great shots. Yeah. Look at that background drop. Look at that, huh? That's right, amazing. Let's see what we got here. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Look at them seats. I'm not just make you think like audience, space, yeah, I okay. time. I can't They're stop watching. They want to see what what do you have to bring to a society? Are you funny? He got the shirt. Um, are you offering jobs? Are you what? What can you do for me as an individual? That's what a lot of people think. Like, yeah. So where do you stand? And then you just, I don't know. It just make you think. Like when you sit here, just like, like wow. If each one of these seats was filled, like, well, what do they have to say? Are they gonna clap? Are they gonna boo you? How can you how can you help these people? Look at that man, y'all gonna make me famous. Through entertainment, through laughter, what are that what are they expecting from you, you know? I love that background job. And it's just oh, yeah, amazing. it just drives me crazy because it's just like peace. I don't know, it's just it just drives me crazy, like, ugh. Yeah. It, it just just make your brain think of so many different ideas. Man, like I'm a scatterbrain. Like... <laughs> I love that. That's sweet, man. That's sweet. That's real sweet. So is there anything on campus or anything that you're doing now that seems... I, I just... The thing that I'm so struck about, every time I watch it, I've seen this a hundred times. 
Believe me. They're striking. I watched it a hundred times while I was editing it, <laughs> and I've shown it all around the country. You know, I've shown this that, that scene to people. And I'm struck every time I see it by how you were looking at that room and, and it seemed to just fill you up with awe, me. you know? <sighs> Does it still, do you still do, get that from there or is something else giving that to you now? Do you, yeah, do you just sit back get it. and go, <sighs> This is like a piece of heaven. <laughs> Y'all don't understand, they just did, man. It, it, it touched something here, it hit home. It took me home. Who taught you how to read? Who taught me how to read? My mom. Your mom? We, had a, we, we had talked about this around. before. Yeah. And what, did your, what was your mom's profession? She was a secretary. She was a secretary? Mm-hmm. Feminist. <laughs> <laughs> no, she had to work because was, she was a single mom. It was just the two of us when we lived in my grandparents' house. Amazing. Y'all hear this story? And you were a high school dropout? Mm-hmm. And you went back and got your GED. Mm -hmm. Well, and now you yeah. got your PhD. What inspired you? I had no idea what it was going to be like to be that, but I knew what it would be like to be whatever I was going to be if I didn't. Wow. Does that make sense to you? Wow. And it made you, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. And it took you in a whole nother turnpike. Wow. You're amazing. You don't, under, you don't understand that you would, I, I admire you in some sense of way. I just, you, you never know nobody's story until you dig in and you really want to know. And that just took me to an awe moment. Why did you study writing? What, what made you Are you interviewing me? I right? am I interviewing you. Okay. Hello, Bob. Hi. How are you? Tell us well, about yourself. Are you really concerned about how I am or you want me to get right to the <laughs> question? I'm, I'm really not, but that's Colombian speech. <laughs> You gave away all your secrets now. Though. That's it. That's it. <laughs> How are you? All right. That's a, that's a casual, but that's that's just human nature now. You you're taught to you're taught to be that way. Mm -hmm. How are you? I'm How, well. Are you really well? Well, no, I'm really a mess. But aside from that, I'm good. Okay, so yeah. tell me about this mess. Get into detail. Break this down. Well, you see, I'm trying to make this movie with this this really exciting young woman. Uh huh. And uh, and and she keeps turning the camera on me. Uh, for real? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Man. I'm trying to figure out if I give her a camera and say, "Go show me, show me the stuff that the world needs to see about your life." I'm wondering what what it is that she's going to show us. The I, and I'm wondering. Because I want to be surprised, because that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in being surprised. Uh, and so I'm wondering, what would she show me that would be really surprising? What could she show this, this beaten down old professor to make him go, wow, now look at that, that's really interesting. I never knew that that's what was going on in the lives of, uh, of at least these students. What would you show? What do you think you might show? When I show you all kinds of stuff, you give me a camera, I show you the world. This is my grandma, this is the neighborhood. <clears throat> And how does this apply to my literacy? Um, well, I'm gonna say these things like this, small things like small neighborhoods, communities, they shape me, who I am, where I come from. We are going to take a walk in this house. This is a pastor speaking. As you may hear him, 
and this is the dining room. These pictures are actually going to come up. They, each picture tells a story. A very, I think it's like, hi, Grandma. Hi, <laughs> um, Grandma, I'm going to have to talk to you in a minute. I'm going to talk to you about my literacy. Do you know what literacy is? Yeah, I'm sorry. Grandma. People that can't read. <laughs> is that literacy? Literacy is can't get a Not illiterate literacy. Like, so, what is literacy? That's exactly what I'm trying to find out. <laughs> we'll talk to her later. <laughs> I want to show you somebody. And my grandmother's room. It might be creaky, but, um, this is why I live. <laughs> I don't know if this is a bad picture, but this is the reason I live. This is the reason that I study. Say hi, Giovanna. This is my sister, Giovanna. Now, right here we have Giovanna. Giovanna can't read, write. Giovanna has no spoken language but to holler. Giovanna, only way you know that Giovanna is something wrong with her, she hollers. She doesn't talk to us. She can't talk. She is my life though. You'll see her in a clearer picture, but right now we can't even see her because she's laying in the bed. As you can see, Hates it being but Giovanna has this pumping her stomach that drives me crazy. It's a uh, it's her pump, and what it does is inside her stomach. What it does is it um uh, it was supposed to help her move and relax her muscles, but unfortunately. It didn't even do anything but cause problems or cause scoliosis and cause other problems to the cerebral palsy. This is a severe case of cerebral palsy. This is my sister and this is the reason that I in life take advantage of a lot of opportunities because it is a person here today, right here in my life, who never has dated, never has gotten into an argument, or, Devana, do you know what love is? <sighs> yeah. Do we know what love is? So, and how does this define my literacy? You know, a lot of it has to do with her because I found myself train breaking for attention because I was taught to always help with her. I love my sister.
You don't have no words for the camera. No words, guys. No words. And uh, I'm going to take a break on that note. And I'll get with back, back with you in a while. Family says to understand what literacy is. Nobody know. I heard about it, but I don't know. Nobody seems to know what literacy is. So um, I'm going to take you to meet some more of my family. This picture is a black woman, and she has tears. I don't know what it represents. Poverty. I'm sorry, Grandma. Poverty. Poverty. Mm -hmm. Poverty. So speak on that, because you have a wise old woman over here. I'm not sure that why. <laughs> black ladies, if they don't have an education. Black I ladies. Feel she used the term black ladies again. Um, just like me. So maybe that's got something to do with my literacy, why I don't um, call everything African-American. Well? I read very well. But you don't understand what you don't comprehend what you read? You don't I, understand what you read? I understand everything I read. That's why we're making this project. Oh. I, well, okay. I just thought maybe they gave it to you because you might have slight problems. What were you saying at the, the painting represent? That lady, she said. She said, why she said, Grandma? There's a lot of things in life can make you say. Like what? If you, you don't have a job, you, can, you can't, you can't take care of your family. A lot of black women are the only person in their household, they have to take care of their children. Black ladies. Once again, she refers to them as black ladies. I like this term. But ladies. more black ladies are, more black ladies have an edu education nowadays than, than black men. They are be more black women are being educated, getting their education. They're getting their education. Understand? They have to. They have to take care of it. They have to be the man, the woman, the doctor, the lawyer. They have to be everything. That's why I said she was crying. See the tears coming down. I wanted it in velvet, and I found it in velvet, but it was too big. Right here, coming up, we have Flint Northwestern High School. My grandmother went to this school, you know? This is an old school. This is, <clears throat> this is Flint. I want you to speed up, driver, and I want you to take us to the other side of the woods. You know, right next door is a private school. It's a Catholic school. This is, this is Flint Power. This is where people with money send their kids and their kids drive all the way from Flushing and Holly area to just come to school. Two schools right next to each other. And the kind of education they get. I want you to pull up somewhere so they can see this, see what's going on. Versus this, this is their backyard. I don't know if you see that, but it don't look nothing like the one that we just did. This is, this is Power's Catholic. This is an overview of Powers Catholic, man. This is this is the building right next door. And if you think I'm like, look back. Look back and get a shot. They're right next door to each other. Is that segregation or what? What do you think that is? How can, how can good... What is the definition of good literacy anyway? What can be saved from it? You know? Two fucking high schools next to each other. Excuse my French. When we first started the project, we were 
we were more interested in the, the, how people's literacies were changing with technology. Yeah. And we're still interested in that. Okay. Um, but I think what's become more important to us is just to hear the stories that students tell in the way that I was just explaining to you, you know. Because we're teachers and in talking to teachers, we think that the most interesting and smartest things about students are things they can see. And so that's what's become really important to us. So the technology piece is a, is a piece of it still. Um, but we're not chasing that, you know, through the project as much. So that's where we're going with that. In five years, where you see Liv? In five years, yeah. she'll be at this house. She'll be on her own. Uh, She'll be doing something that she loves to do. She's not going to do anything that she don't like to do. So hopefully she'll be doing, being successful at something that she loves. And there's another question they asked, um, what would be the shocking thing? I think that's what the one Yeah, like I would never predict it. What, right. what can you imagine her doing these things? That Liberty will get married and settle down <laughs> in the next five years and just be uh, a mom. She don't even like little kids that much. That's so. why I said I have I know I love mommy sweet. I was going to say, you love I mean, my kids. Been in, been in nice, right? Yeah, other people kids. Other people yeah, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Big difference. Right. <laughs> to have kids of our own, though. No. That's what would be the shocking. That's what I said, to have kids. Yeah, so. she loved them when she could spoil them and take them back, yeah. Yeah, drop them off. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you said you saw her, you know, maybe having her own business or something. Her own, right, sorry, that's what I thought. So what would... would, would is that what you would imagine for her? Would you imagine her working in an office? Would you imagine her? No, I don't imagine her working in an office. I imagine her uh, live like to make her own hours, her own rules, and so mm -hmm. I imagine her being her own boss. And don't like even if it's like a contracting or something. I don't know, but I imagine her making. I don't make. Her, I don't imagine her confined to a nine to five job. She don't like that. So if she did, it would be where she had to travel uh, and mm -hmm. get on a plane and get off the mm -hmm. plane like that and go uh, some type of job like that. Would if you be surprised did. if she stayed in some flint yeah, here? I, I would be really, really, really surprised. I think it would be more so hurt. <laughs> I would. Hurt and surprised. I would. You'd be hurt if she stayed in flint? Yeah, I would because I, I, I just think that uh, that would be limiting her. I, I think she is bigger than flint. No. Nope. And, um, <laughs> ah, he, 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 he want a baby, he want her to stay around with him, keep eyeing her, but she is bigger than that. Um, she's gonna, she I, I'll be surprised if she stay here. She'll be here. Uh-huh. She'll be here. Right here. Right here. That seems like a good scene to... She'll be here. How can you not love that? <laughs> All right, Liberty, show me, show me what we're supposed to order here on the menu. Where is it? Hang on. I mean, zooming in on the, the Mickey, Mickey Mouse. Mouse pancake and two strips of bacon or two sausages. <laughs> Look at that. So is that what you're getting? That is not what I'm getting. Does it come shaped like Mickey Mouse or anything mm -hmm. like that? It does. I wonder if she likes to come here. That's what I say? Uh. I wrote a, it's, it's at home. Uh -huh. I wrote a paper and I kept the paper because it's like something that I identified with. It's called pain-breaking for attention. And I just wrote about, you know, because I never knew what for my literacy or why did I start reading and writing, why did I like reading and writing so much. Mm -hmm. And throughout the process of our class, you know, I 
that took data to back up. It was kind of like a research. I did data on you know everything that I was I was learning and what times did I write and why did I write at those times and why did I read and write uh-huh. and I remember that my mom said I would look look mm-hmm. <laughs> read mm-hmm. <laughs> read the book would come. I should tell you, I used to sit at the mailbox. Like, we had this little slip mailbox on the porch. I take y'all by the house. I used to sit there and wait. And I knew, and it was so funny because I knew what time the book was coming. How this little kid, I couldn't tell time, but I knew what time the sun hit the mailbox. <laughs> and I would sit there, wait for the book to get there. She was going to read that book. <laughs> Somebody was going to read the book. I was going to learn ABCs, something. You still like reading and writing this so much? I mean, so that's where I, you know, like, it had a big part of your life. When did it, when did that stop? When I stopped, like, reading all the time and writing? Um, in college, like, sophomore year, they didn't put no mustard on here. Park have a lot of family uh, functions there. They took away the uh, seesaw and like all the little stuff, and they used to have like a little uh, hall over there that they had at Ballinger Park where people would have open houses. But it's no longer there. I think I'm taking you out through the hood. We want to go straight, straight, straight. <laughs> Got it. Another liquor store. I used to actually be a 7-Eleven before. And then it was a gas station. And this house I used to be obsessed with when I was looking to the left. It was like because like, it has a rose on it and it's pink. Oh yeah. <laughs> and how it's just it's faded now, but it used to be like Yeah. Well, I'll put it like this. 
We this area here is like the hood. We call it the hood, the ghetto, the hood. You just do what you can to make it around here. And it is it's just a struggle. You know, it's just a struggle around here. Streets of life. Mm -hmm. you know, so if a kid is coming and you know, trying to go to school and trying, Support, just help, you know, try to make it through. Just try to work with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is my superstar right here. Yeah, I'm gonna ask him the question. Yeah, yeah, that's my son, Ali. So he's in the struggle right now. So what we are really going through the struggle. Seven? Yeah, my son is too. So you're 13? Well, Ali, what you want to do when you grow up? Be a professional football player. Do you? Okay. You play football? Yeah. What, what position you play? Back to the what school you want to go to? College. College. Michigan State. Yes! <laughs> all right. See, now look, you have a tour guide from Michigan State. Yeah. You can tell you all about it, where to go. You You're know, coming up for Little Sibs Week. Are you? Yeah. So if, if you don't wind up playing football. My backup what, plan is an engineer. You could be an engineer? What, what kind of engineer? What, what kind of, what? Um, the one who draws up the blueprints of the yeah. buildings. Cool. Excellent. So, do you know any professional football players? Do you know any, any football players from around here? Yeah, a couple. Robert yeah. Smith. Yeah. Cool. Know any engineers? No. No engineers. Hmm. Why engineering then? What about it that seems really cool? Uh, I just like drawing. Yeah. You uh, <laughs> got somebody whispering a cue in your ear. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> so she's a, she looks like she's an influence on you. Yeah, a big influence. Yeah. You spend a lot of time with her? Every weekend, every day. Yeah? We call each other every day. I want Leah to be able to go out and let young girls know that you still can make it, you know. Um, everyone can make it. It doesn't matter why you stay um, in the heart of a bad situation or in the richest areas. You can still make it. There's hope out of hope. So that's what she I can say about Leah. She hope. She yes. still leaves the door for the younger people just let them know. Especially like Such my son. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's yes. coming up behind her. She's, you know, she's just good she mentor. Reaches to them and she reaches out to some of our other cousins. Yes. And see, that's why Leah comes in having him out like right. that, giving him a lot of support, taking him to the college and, and showing him Mentoring. when you leave mm -hmm. high school, you can go can to college. Because a lot can, of kids don't even right. leave. They don't have nobody like Leah. Yes, absolutely. It's not only a place where you can go, it's a place where you can expect to go. Right. 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 Sometimes I might not get my lesson enough, and I'll call Liv and she'll help me out. You know, so we're we're a bunch of teachers, and we teach it up at Michigan State, and we have students from all over Michigan. Is there anything that, what should we be paying attention to? What are important things that, you, that might we might be missing? We stand in a part of town where it's good and it's bad, you know, but it's up to us working together to get us out of this bag. Right. And if it's, there's no communication, we still stuck at square one, trying yeah. to figure out what's the problem. The mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I, um, yeah. I just, um, well, the idea of what you guys are doing now, I, I really like that because it's like you're trying to get to know 
you know, the person. Mm -hmm. So if you like, if you guys could just like, you know, get to know your students, I guess, a little more, you know, and just, you know, just try to get into them a little more, you know, talk mm -hmm. to them and just trying to feel them a little more, you know, that could be one more student say. same old mixture and into the brand new picture she stepped away out of the rough and tumble and into the social stumble I'm gonna make my way counting too many tomorrows can't see the future for the days Only too many tomorrows Today So you have an artifact, yes? I do have an artifact. And what is this artifact you have? The artifact I brought is the artifact that I keep with me at all times. This is called my bag of tricks. This is your bag of tricks. Have you yes. always called it that? This is known as look Bump's at the bag of tricks. Bag Hold of it up tricks. so I, we can get a good look here. Okay, it appears to be like a clear intestine filled with all kinds of coils and innards and various Yes. Convoluted things. And as such, it demonstrates everything that I've eaten today. <laughs> what is in the bag of tricks? Yeah. Uh, any number of dongles. That so is a this dongle. Is, this is the current dongle that I use all the time because this fits my laptop mm -hmm. and, uh, and most of the modern Macs right now. This is an old style. I have stereo out cables. This is the portable version. I usually carry speakers along as well to do all this stuff because... So you have a bigger bag. I have a, I have a, I have a box of tricks. Ah. 
So here's a Firewire cable. Yeah, here's another one of those cables. Oh, another one of those. More audio cables. I also have audio jumper cables here. So uh -huh. depending upon where I am, I am covered to be able to get stereo into potentially a single audio source. How many so, of those are there? Three? Two. And I've got, and then here's a microphone extension cord. Uh -huh. So then here's also the kind that has the stereo adapter, and that's another stereo cable. Mm -hmm. This is a stereo cable that goes to RCA out. Mm -hmm. And now it looks like the entire table is covered with intestines of all shapes and sizes. Oh, here's the other one I was very proud of. This is my life. My life as, a, as an audio-visual writer. So, I was going to ask you, why on earth you would have chosen this of all things? It's a very complicated thing, you know. It's not easy to carry around, I imagine. No. And you have an even bigger box of things. I mean, even a bigger box of things that has speakers in it because I can't always trust that there will be speakers in places. Has this always looked the same for you? Has this, the contents of this bag, been the contents of this bag for as long as you can remember? Or has it accumulated things over time? It has accumulated things like this. This is um, an adapter to turn the old Firewire plug into the new Firewire plug. Right. So when you said, this is my life, I carried it everywhere. Mm -hmm. What's the everywhere? So any place you don't take it? Any place in your working life you don't take it? I didn't take it to Carolina, mm -hmm. oddly enough, last week when I went there because I, I trusted that we were going to be in a room that I had sized up a little bit and that I knew that Todd was equally, Todd Taylor was equally crazy about this stuff as I am, so he would have stuff. I knew I could finagle something there, so I didn't have to carry this. Does that mean that you expect to be the one with that knowledge and who knows how to do these things? The one, wherever you go? Always. Always. So you never see anyone else with one of these bags that looks like yours? Usually not. I've never seen another one. Let's say you went to the, the, the major conference you go to, mm -hmm. Four C's, um, and you walked around holding this bag aloft. Mm -hmm. People would think you were strange, but would they understand what was in it? Would they say, oh yes, those are various audiovisual things, and I see that. I don't know that, but if somebody did know that, then I would know that that's somebody who does what I do. So you probably have a repertoire then of things that you do in case you, because your, your, your work is so stuff dependent. Mm -hmm. Just in case you happen to leave it at home or in the other car or whatever. So do you have a repertoire of plans B? Is it something you teach people to have who do this kind of work? Always have a backup? Sure. All of these cables here represent at least one layer of plan, plans B, CDEF, thanks for that. Mm. So not knowing what the sound system is going to be in any one particular place, you can't go in and say, well, I've got an adapter, I've got, I've got a cord. A cord may not be the cord that connects. Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, and this is one of the things that I, you know, when I'm teaching movie making, I'm able to show folks this bag of tricks and say, you know, it's not enough to have a cable. You may need to have several mm -hmm. because the cable doesn't matter. What matters is connecting the source and the destination. Mm -hmm. So that's what this all is. And it's, it, it, it works as a teaching tool, but it also works as the, you know, the, the very practical um, way of just uh, approaching any particular situation and being able to do something. And, it all, and that all started from being a musician. Hmm. Tell me more about that. Well, because if you go to, you know, you, when you're a musician, you get paid to play a gig. Hmm. You don't get paid to show up with guitars and amplifiers and, and microphones. 
you get paid to play a gig. And if you show up and you don't have extension cords and the only power outlet, you know, for your band is in the kitchen hmm. and but the stage is not in the kitchen, then how are you gonna play? Mm. So you know, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna put on a show, mm -hmm. you gotta have all the stuff to put on a show, and that's what this is. And this is the stuff that's invisible to people who go out and buy this and say, "I'm gonna make a movie." Mm -hmm. You know, this is literally the just. This is the gateway to making a movie. It's all of this that makes the movie happen. So what if? Um you had this bag, you had this display of stuff, and you saw me being interviewed over here and somebody asked me the same question and I produced a notebook, you know, for this to represent the same scenes and moves and work. Yeah. If you could trade places with the person with the notebook mm -hmm. and the life that that entailed, mm -hmm. given that, you know, carrying this stuff around has got to be a pain in the ass, having people bother you about it, misunderstand what you do, all that other kind of thing. This stuff, and this stuff, and this stuff, and this stuff. Yes. Uh -huh. Stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. What would stop you from saying sure? That looks much more portable. I'll take it. Here's my bag. There's a flight of stairs. That's a really good question. Because as I was schlepping it into this office today, I was wondering the same damn thing. <laughs> sure, it occurs to you. Um, this is the way I write. This is a, um, a process that I've found is helpful across all the media in which I write. So there's a text, traditional alphabetic text-only piece of writing that I could do with a, with a notebook. But having used all this stuff makes me think about ways to approach that work. Not because it's what I'm going to generate, not because the media that I'm going to generate is dependent upon this, but because the moves of inquiry are dependent upon it. Mm -hmm. To go out, find stuff, bring it back, figure out ways to get that stuff connected mm -hmm. in ways that they're not connected right now. Because that's the operation of scholarship as I understand it. It's to go find stuff that isn't stuck together, that's out in the world, and to exercise your intellect and your voice by sticking it together mm -hmm. and helping, out, helping other folks see it that way. Mm -hmm. Here it is. Can you ever imagine a scenario in the future in which you don't have that with you? You're in the same line of work. My God, yeah. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I hope it becomes so much easier. I mm -hmm. mean, it would be, I think that what will happen is, you know, so in, in the book that I just wrote, I, I write about duct tape. In, in some ways, this is duct tape. All of this shit on this table is nothing but duct tape. Because what this does is this stuff represents one person's desperate attempt to be equipped with enough stuff that I can potentially jury-rig something together when I'm in a situation. Knowing that it's germane to what I do, but it's not germane to what everybody else does. So my, in the future, should I not have this? It's because it actually becomes germane to many people's work. Mm -hmm. So if it goes the way that I think it's going, the way that I think it will go, um, 
potentially there'll be a this will this kind of technology right here will be as dead as as you know those curly cables that that we used to have on our telephones you know that allowed us to walk away from the telephone as it was planted on the wall of the kitchen so that we could go in and watch TV in the other room with the one phone mm -hmm. that wouldn't move mm -hmm. so that's all gone that technology's dead hopefully this will be too sounds like you want some company in your work I want company and I want I want I want my shoulder to hurt less. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with both. Thank you.